Shalom. Today, tonight, I want to look at the concept of kavana, kavana in prayer, and I'm intentionally not going to translate the word kavana for now. So maybe you're familiar with it, and maybe you're not, and maybe if you're not, you have an advantage at the moment, because we're going to try and figure out what this word means in the realm of prayer. And this is really um, a two-part series, almost. Um, I want to look at uh, a very extreme definition of kavana, and, and that's going to be what we're looking at today, which is the, uh, the presentation of kavana in the works of Rambam and Maimonides, the Laws of Prayer, chapter 4. And next week, um, or next video, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I want to look at the minimal definition of kavana, right? Like uh, uh, just the boundaries of, of from zero to a little bit above zero in terms of kavana. But the Rambam isn't a person of uh, isn't a minimalist. He's a maximalist when it comes to kavana. And in the Laws of Prayer in Chapter Four, um, he sets out a list of things without which. There is no such thing as prayer. Okay? He says these five things, uh, he lists them, cleaning the hands, covering up the body, making sure the place you're in uh, is clean, removing distractions, which for him is going to the toilet, and kavanat halev, kavana of the, let's translate that as the mind. Um, and he says if you don't have these things, you, you haven't prayed. You, you, you have to, it's not just a bad prayer, you just, you'd have to repeat the prayer because you didn't pray at that time. Okay? So, um, the interesting thing here is, first of all, they all seem quite bodily, right? There's no, usually we think of Kavana as a mental thing, but it, here it seems to be within the, um, bodily preparations of prayer. And more than that, it's a preparation, right? It's not that uh, you have kavana in your prayer. You pray in a state of kavana. First you get to kavana, right? First you wash your hands. First you get dressed. First you go to the toilet. First you make sure you have kavana. And then you pray. Okay, so that's, that's already interesting. Um, and he says here, he, he kind of, he goes around the definition of Kavana without exactly explaining it. He, he, he's more, uh, into describing when it's not there. Okay. I'll read, uh, Halakha number 15 in chapter four. Kavana of the mind. What is this? Any prayer uttered without kavana is not prayer. If a service has been recited without such kavana, it must, must be recited again in kavana. If a person finds that their thoughts are confused and their mind is distracted, they may not pray until they have recovered their settled mind. Hence, on returning from a journey or if one is tired or distressed, it is forbidden to pray until their mind is composed. 
The sages said that one should wait three days until one is rested and the mind is clear, and then one can recite the prayers. Okay, so we have here also of examples of when there isn't kavanah. There isn't kavanah when you're tired. There isn't kavanah when you come back from a journey. There isn't kavanah when you're distressed. And again, a prayer which is not done in kavanah is not a prayer. Now, very often, kavanah is translated as intention. Um, what does intention mean? What does it mean, right? What does it mean to mean something, right? That's another, another uh, translation of kavanah is meaning, right? I mean to do something. And very often that means uh, to, to direct yourself towards the consequence of your action, right? I, I intended to um, uh, cook dinner, right? Um, that means that I directed myself towards that consequence. And even if it didn't, if it didn't happen, right? So I intended to cook dinner, but then I got a phone call. Even even if it didn't happen, uh, the kavanah was still there in terms of intention, right? I kavanah can also mean like I mean what I say, right? I'm speaking English now. I'm speaking all these words. I have an idea in mind. I mean for you to understand what I'm saying, right? I direct myself towards that consequence of you understanding what I'm saying. That's the normal, I would say, um, translation of kavanah. And I think it's a good translation for all of Jewish thought, except for prayer. And I think when Rambam speaks about kavanah and prayer, he means something else. Um, and let's try and, and get there. So here in the next section of, of chapter 4, um, he tries again to de define kavana. Kitzad hiya kavana. What is kavana? The mind should be freed from all thoughts, and the one who prays should see oneself as if standing before the divine presence. They should therefore sit a while before beginning their prayers, so as to lechaven their minds and then pray in gentle tones and not regard the service as a burden that one is carrying, that will be cast off. One should sit a while after concluding the prayers and then leave. The ancient saints were wont to pause and meditate one hour before the prayer, one hour after the prayer, and take one hour in its recital. Okay, so here we come closer to a a definition of kavanah. It's, it's still, it's almost a negative definition. What should you not do in order to have kavanah? And he says, what is kavanah? The mind should be freed from all thoughts. And that's another clue that kavanah doesn't mean intention, because intention is to think about something, to think about the consequence of your action. But for kavanah to happen, there should be no thoughts in the mind. What should there be? There should be a seeing of yourself 
And we could do a whole shio about what it means to see yourself as if standing before the divine presence. But it's really, it's a state of being, right? It's not even a, it's not knowledge or it's not, uh, um, you don't even have to imagine God in front of you, right? He's not looking at those kinds of uh, bodily images. It's seeing yourself. What kind of person am I? What kind of person am I to be standing before God? And that's what Kavana is. It's to be the person who stands before God. And the, the language of being is more appropriate than the language of thinking, knowing. Um, and that fits in a little bit to another uh, semantic uh, 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 understanding of the word Kavana, which comes maybe more from a, a more musical place, right? Um, adjustment, attuning. We say in Hebrew, right? To, like to tune a musical instrument, to tune a guitar or a piano or something, is there's also, there's not a direction in the same way. It's not that your thought is directed towards the consequence. But imagine the strings of a guitar when they're in tune, when they're in, or voices which are in harmony with each other. They're all aligned, right? They're all in relationship to, it, to each other without um, influencing each other exactly, okay? Which also fits into another, um, another meaning of, of kavana or ken or nachon. We say nachon means yes, it's right, it's true. Yes. <laughs> right, what does that mean? It's a, it's a truth. It's to be in accordance with the truth. Right? Maybe that's a bit of a Heidegger term, but uh, you'll forgive me. This fits into Rambam's idea of uh, how the human mind is able to perceive God. The human mind is able to perceive God because... God in, in Rambam's kind of science, God, God's intellect or the active intellect is kind of projecting itself into the world and everything in the world, all the material objects in the world are influenced by this uh, active intellect, which is why they look the way they do and behave the way they do. Uh, but the human mind is also able to train itself to tune in, right? Kavana, like tune into God's thoughts. And sometimes they're a bit noisy. It's not really in tune. And sometimes it's really in tune. There's real Kavana, right? That's, that level is really, it's like prophecy, right? But that's possible. And that's why Rambam has such a high bar for Kavana. Kavana is it's not even only in prayer. Maybe prayer is like the training ground where you train your mind to be on this level. But if you look at uh, chapter 51 of the third part of the Guide to the Perplexed, Rambam really spells it out that that's the mission of humanity in this world is to know God and to train their mind to, to know God all times. So Kavanah and prayer is really, it's like the best conditions, but 
but you should be able to, to have kavana in everything you do. In the marketplace, in shopping center, in the bank, in on the bus, talking to your friends, talking to your lovers, right? There's like, we have to be able to train our mind to, to change the way we are. So that's an impossibly difficult uh, goal that Rambam um, is, is, is asking us to achieve. And next week, we'll talk about uh, the rest of Jewish history, which rejected Rambam on this question. Thank you very much.